BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Well met, fellow adventurers. We are once more with Sir Crokington. And we are in the Copper Hill Lodge. And someone has just commented as I've come in. Hide your money purses. Look who it is. Snarls an unpleasant voice from somewhere in Mr. Wildy Fong. Seek out Taskmaster Marple. Ventures for this location. What lurks beneath? An oak and stone mask inspired adventure. IVWK with your heart pounding furiously you strike out for the distant fog shrouded shore praying with every desperate stroke you'll reach you'll reach land before before what well I guess we'll see here we are normal scale do it normal there are tip, tips that's notes available for this adventure the adventure that led you to this entry features multiple paths to completion. It may benefit you to play through the adventure multiple times without saving your game. Discover the best, most advantageous or most appropriate path for your character. You listen intently as Marple describes to you a task that bears all the hallmarks of a grand adventure. The thin, one-armed taskmaster, his voice unusually quiet, tells you about a trio of adventurers who recently went missing while on a mission for the lodge in the Dragonmere Deep. They were fools, if I'd ever laid eyes on them, he says, frowning. Our lodgemaster seemed keen to ascribe their lot all manner of accolades, so I bit my tongue. I knew from the start they would never make it back. If you'd have seen him, you'd have known it too. Marble sighs and purses his lips as he stares at you. I suppose you're wondering how this involves you, he says at length. To cut to the quick of it, apparently, you're the only one the Lodge Master trusts. And he wants you to go out into the mire and find out what happened to the three imbeciles. But there's a bit more to it than just that. Marple tells you, that one of the three who ventured into the swamp, a woman named Vorka, cowed with her in an enchanted iron wad given to her by Wadmadden. You learn the wad was to be used to unlock something, for the taskmaster refuses to say what that something is. Speaking softly, Marple describes to you the wad as a short, engraved length of iron. 
tells you a shard of sapphires affixed to the tip of the wad. If you're able to find the three and bring them back out of the mire, the lodge master would be most appreciative, he says. If that can't be done, the retrieval and the return of the wad would suffice. I hold out little hope for either outcome, mind. Why don't discard all hope? After all, you're remarkably capable. For a fleeting moment, a look of mild terror passes over Marple's face. You turn around and see what his wide eyes become fixated on, only to find Wadbadden approaching. The short, broad-shouldered, white-bearded Lodmaster nods at Marple and then smiles at you. I don't suppose dear old Marple has told you about this new arrangement to come up with come up with for you, he says. His unsettling gaze rapidly shifted between you and the taskmaster. No. No, as I figured. It's very simple, really. You no longer need to come up with any collateral for any task you task you take on. Agreed? Of course. They might have the very briefest of words. Mark Baden takes you aside. For you're certain Marple can still hear what's being said. And tells you who'd like you to find and retrieve a pouch of blue powder carried by Vurika, the woman Marple previously mentioned. She has the wad and the pouch, he says. Neither one has anything to do with the other, but I want them both back if they're anywhere to be found. The pouch is a small black thing. Never mind what they're used for, oh. And if you find our missing friends alive, be sure to get your hand on the two items, no matter what. There'll be 500 gold gold for you, for you for each of them. With that, what about him slaps you on the shoulder and wishes you luck. He turns, mutters something to Marple, and heads off to attend to to attend to what you're left left to assume is a litany of pressing duties. Marple sighs. You need to know just a bit more before you set off, he says. Before you can embark on the mission, Marple tells you that Wadabadam has agreed to pay 500 gold for the safe return of the three missing adventurers or any information regarding their fate. The taskmaster also says he'll be paid another 500 gold gold for retrieving the wad. He makes no mention of the pouch, though Wabadim himself told you his return would earn you another 500. Unfurling a worn and, st- and badly stained map of Dragonmere Deep, Marple sets about showing you the likely path of the three missing adventurers. You study and, and commit to memory the location where the group would likely have abandoned their boat before trekking to the tangled heart of the vast swamp. I don't expect you'll find them alive, says Marple. For we know, the fools were likely as devoured within their first hour in the deep. Might have not ever gone ashore. You'll be looking for bodies, I suspect. And you'll probably be hard-pressed to find even those. Just one other thing I feel I should mention. Marple steps steps in closer and lowers his voice. He tells you the woman he previously mentioned, Vurka, carried with her 
a small black pouch filled with blue powder. It would be best if that pouch never made its way back here, he says, fixing you with a hard stare. Buried it, throw it in the swamp, scatter the contents on the wind, it matters not. But I hope to never see it again. Let that be all we say about it. Marple wishes you luck, and tells you that the sooner the fate of the missing adventurers is revealed, the better. Early the next morning, before the roiling banks of the fog had lifted from the edges of the sprawling mire, you board a small, sturdy craft and begin the formidable journey along a wide, sluggish channel that slowly winds its way into the thick of the swamp. As your boat slips deeper into the tangled heart of the great bog, your every sense remains alert for any sign of possible danger for any evidence of the missing adventurers. For nearly three hours, your craft twists steadily drifts along the channel. As your craft is carried into a wide, murky pool, the water several yards ahead of its prow suddenly begins to churn wildly. Before you can react, something large smashes into your boat from below, shattering its, shattering its hull and sending you toppling into the dark water. You sink beneath the surface and instinctively draw, instinctively claw your way upward, only to discover, to your profound horror, that something large has wrapped itself around my entire body. For several long seconds, you pull down into the pool's gloomy depths. Suddenly, whatever has taken hold of your leg has let go. Desperate to draw breath, you head for the surface your heart pounding wildly with every frantic stroke. You explore through the whippling surface of the murky pool and immediately draw a series of long, ragged breaths. The burning in your lungs begins to subside and you have no intention of waiting for it to pass completely. With your heart pounding furiously, you strike out at the distant, fog-shrouded shore, praying with every desperate stroke of your of your weary arms, that you'll get out of the water before whatever capsized your small boat and dragged you under returns. You've covered nearly you've covered nearly half the distance when once again something suddenly takes takes a firm hold of you and with a single violent tug pulls you back into the inky depths, picking a number, bonus of forty six, eighteen from body. 10 from might, 18 from seamanship. Got to get 75 or more, or I'll be pulled too deep. Pick now. 70. Failure. You desperately struggle against what feels like the iron grip of the thick, writhing tendril as an unknown pet predator drags you deeper into the pool. Suddenly, a powerful jolt of energy surges through your leg. And passes into your body, nearly paralysing you. 28 damage. With your lungs ready to burst, and still in agony from the electrical attack, you miraculously manage to free your leg and fight your way back to the surface. You reach the surface of the pool and immediately expel a mouthful of fetid swamp water. As you gasp rapidly, attempting to recover your breath, a loud splash erupts to your right. You spin into action to splash, and lock, lock your horrified gaze onto a 
massive grey tentacle now weaving about wildly in the air. The terrifying appendage, which you can only assume is attached to something horrific, lurking in the murky depths, suddenly shoots down towards you, picking a number. Bonus of forty of thirty-seven. Eighteen from seamanship, nine from body, ten from agility. Gotta get sixty or more, or I'm going to be beamed. Pick now. Seventy-two, success. Well, got lucky this time. You narrowly dodge the streaking tentacle. The massive grey tendril shoots into the water to your left, before quickly retreating, and once more rising high into the air, without waiting for the tentacle to strike again. You break into a desperate swim for the distant shore. Exhausted, with barely enough strength to stand, you reach the shallow edge of the pool and stagger to your feet in the knee-deep muck. Well, 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 it's going to be me-deep muck. Struggling steadily through the thick ooze, you wish to glance over your shoulder as you make, make your way up to the dry ground. Behind you, there was no longer any sign of the tentacle. Thwap! Horror overcomes you as something subtly shags, snags your white leg. You look down to find the grey tentacle wrapped around your calf. Instinctively, you twist and pull forward in a desperate bid to escape the tendril's deadly grip. Pick your number. Bonus of 29. 10 from might. 9 from body. 10 from agility. Gotta get 60 or more. We pull back into the water. Pick now. 75. Success. You wet your leg free from the tentacle's iron grip and stumble through the remainder of the shallows. Out of breath and hopelessly warily, you manage to sigh of relief as you at last stagger onto solid ground at the edge of the pool. A loud splash coupled with a deafening bellow, which echoes throughout the swamp, causes you to instinctively spin to face the pool. There, rising out of the centre of the murky morass, is a massive, greenish blob of undulating flesh from which extend four long wildly wiving grey tentacles now this is the exact scene probably with a few changes that was in the Oakenstone mask event I'm sure I've probably got an episode about that somewhere protruding from the centre of the hideous creature is a deadly sharp black beak two blazing yellow eyes each larger than your well, in your entire body I guess are nestled just over the beak, beak, completing the beast's horrifying visage. As you fall back from the water's edge, one of the creature's fearsome tentacles shoots out for you, forcing you to stand your ground and engage it. This is a massive tentacle. Weaves widely as it slashes out at you. Alright, and keep going. Did a savage blow for about 9 damage, and it is slain. 6 XP. The creature stretches wide its deadly beak and emits a long, mournful groan as your final blow rendered its massive tentacle lifeless. There's no time to wait for your victory, however, as yet another of the beast's wiving tentacles streaks towards you. Here's another one. It wheels quietly as it lashes out at you. Keep going, keep going, and it is slain. 6 XP. 
Once again, the undulating green mass opens its beak and groans dismally as another of its tentacles is rendered lifeless. Now those will take a while to grow back. You know, it wasn't going to come down with a bad case of the deads. Suddenly the creature, its fleshy, shapeless body whipping wildly, surges through the murky water with startling speed, revealing the near entirety of its hideous bulk as it arrives at the edge of the shadows, realising you cannot hope to flee, and not really even really considering that option. You defiantly hold your ground and engage the deadly swamp denizen, tentacled swamp beast. Is this what got the free travellers? The swamp beast lashes out at you with its tentacles. Keep going, keep going. Devastating blow for 32 damage. Blimey. Then for 29 damage. Wow. It's, then for 35 damage. Stop hitting me. Oh, and now it is slain. Well, that's what you get for hitting me. You fall away from the edge of the pool. As the hideous swamp creature, its tattered remains oozing a mix of blood and yellow slime, slowly sinks back into the murky depths from which it, which it emerged. Endeavouring to recover from the brutal fight, you spend a few minutes checking over equipment and attempting to determine your next course of action. Without your boat, the shattered remains of which are scattered all across the surface of the murky pool. You now realise any hope of returning from the mire alive is now greatly diminished, as you wound me on the unpleasant notion of perishing somewhere in the tangled confines of the Great Swamp. Something stirs in the dense foliage to the west, and then to the east. With your every sense on edge, you instinctively draw yourself into a defensive stance as your eyes scour the thick of the bog for any sign of imminent danger. With a chorus of dreadful hissing, four tazzle explode from the undergrowth and quickly sliver forward to surround you. Hmm. Is there any connection between the tazzle and the massive tentacled beast? Was it a pet of theirs? A guardian? Something. Something they, they were you. Something under their control, perhaps? You know, to. To knock down any boats that come here. And then, of course, they have the advantage. The red scaled, sword wielding reptilians glare at you contemptuously. Wallatazar, his face riddled with a patchwork of, sc- patchwork of scars, levels his left hand at you, and a bolt of crimson flame hurtles forth from the clawed tips of his fingers. The deadly flaming mass missile streaks towards your chest. Okay, I can dodge or use fortification or elementalism. Elementalism. It succeeded. 8 XP to elementalism. You hastily channel your power of elementalism and focus it on the bolt of flame hurtling towards you. With a loud hiss and a puff of grey smoke, the flaming missile Assailed by your mastery of the elements, disintegrates into a ball of ash that crumbles away to nothing before ever reaching you. With an angry hiss, the Tazor, whose magical attack you've just defeated, sniffers forward and attacks. Closely followed by, by reptilian cohorts, it's the Tazor, one of four, slashes at you, I stab at it, and it is slain. 
5 XP. The second Tazal is immediately upon you, hissing wildly as it slashes out with its deadly blade. Alright, just gonna keep going. Did a savage blow. You leap over the bloody corpse of the slain reptilian and engage the next of your wed scaleless aims. Also, 5 XP. Here's the third Tazal. Keep slashing, I keep stabbing, down it goes. 5 XP. The last of the Tazal slithers forward and attacks, brandishing his sword with a remarkable discreet degree of skill and also showing. Uh, a remarkable degree of stupidity because uh, all three of your companions are dead and you're not running or slivering or whatever it is that snakes do anyway you really shouldn't be fighting me because you're going to come down with a bad case of the deads oh well it's our fall of four Oh, the Quickstone has just stored, stored the 20 year dust world. The Quickstone now has one stored. Very good. I'll, probably, I'll be using those at some point. 5 XP. You step back and immediately scan the surrounding foliage for any sign that might indicate the presence of mortars are. After nearly a minute, having seen and heard nothing that would indicate. You're in any immediate peril. You relax your guard and examine the slain reptilians. Quick search of the remains of this. I'll turn up the following. 29 gold. Two superior short swords. One sturdy short sword. And a well crafted short sword. All to be taken and sold later. Having no desire to linger here. You prepare to set off along the edge of the pool hoping to follow the channel as it snakes its way further into the swamp. Right. Suddenly. As you're about to set off, you suddenly spot a bag lying next to the corpse of the last Tazar. The grimy cloth sack nearly blends in with the ground. You retrieve the wing sack and open it. Inside is a, dag it's a dagger with an ornate hilt. A gold wing and a carved iron wad. A glittering shard of sapphires affixed to the tip of the engraved length of iron. Well, there we are. We'd already found what we were looking for. Recalling Marple's description of the wad, you immediately realise you not only have found the piece both he and World Padden requested you return him, but the Tazar you've just slain are seemingly linked with the three missing adventurers, presumably... They had their beast, they had their tentacled beast attack their boat. And if they got to shore, perhaps dragged by the tentacled beast, if that's what it took, uh, they killed them and took their stuff. You promptly take possession of the three items and discard the sack. It's a sapphire tipped wad. It's a misc item, so you cannot equip it, even though you can equip other wads. This short, thin wad is engraved with many strange, intricate symbols. A glittering shard of sapphire is affixed to the tip of the wad. It's an unidentified gold wing. This is a plain gold wing with rounded edges and no markings of any kind. Oh, 
I'll probably identify it later. Well, I will identify it later. But how much later? Well, that remains to be seen. Should be as soon as I get to a safe location, but I might just forget. Unidentified ornate dagger. The ornate hilt of this dagger bears several engravings, one of which resembles a goblin's head. This weapon is of common quality. Well, it's now, but maybe more things will be revealed about it. Once we've... Once we've identified it. Having come to the realisation that the missing adventurers may very well have met their hands, ends at the hands of the Tazal, decide to make a thorough search of the nearby swamp. The senses alert for danger. You cautiously make your way deeper into the bog. For close to an hour, you meander through the mire, carefully picking your path through a perilous maze of oozing bogs, murky channels and dense foliage. At last, just when you're beginning to entertain thoughts of abandoning the search, your efforts are rewarded. As you skirt the edge of the weedy morass, an unexpected sight looms out of the surrounding tangle. The moss-covered ruins of an ancient tower rise out of the swamp foliage ahead, its jagged toff poking above the dense green canopy. Leaning precariously to the south, the imposing structure seems to poised to topple into the bog, who suspect it's maintained its particular po- position for quite some time. Crouched in the undergrowth, you carefully observe the tower and the surrounding mire, your clean eyes your keen eyes sinking any sign of possible danger. Now, considering where I've just been, my eyes are definitely not clean. They're definitely not clean, clean, but they are keen. And quite large. You're about to move closer to the tower in an attempt to gain a better vantage point of its lone arch entrance when the sound of something moving from within the structure reaches your ears. With bated breath, you watch as a lone Tazar slivers out. Slivers out of the tower, pausing just before the entranceway. The broad, angular head of the wedge-scaled reptilian pivots left and right as it apparently surveys the surrounding swamp. Eager to enter the tower and discover if it contains any clues to the whereabouts or fates of the missing adventurers, you carefully contemplate the next your next move. Alright, I've got quite a lot of options. Use feathery to sneak on up, sneak up on it. Use telekinesis to, to tackle with mind bullets. Use gating to get sneak up on it. Use illusion to trick it. Use archery to shoot it. Attempt to sneak up on the lone Tazal. I could just attack the Tazal. No fancy business. Or continue to observe the tower. Alright, seems that no one has tried to continue to observe the tower. Or at least... No one who's clicked that has then tried to see what happened in recording the wiki, so I'm going to do that now. Continue to observe the tower. Keeping out of sight, you continue to observe the tower, attempting to gorge just how many Tazel are likely to be inside the ancient structure. Just as you're beginning to consider shifting your position, something hard and sharp is pressed into your wise side. A quick 
downward glance reveals the tip of a sword blade snug, snug against your ribs. Oh, well, okay. Backward glance? Anyway, I'm being stabbed. A red scaled reptilian hand grips the weapon's hide wrapped hilt. Be wise, hisses the sinister voice behind it to your right. Are you alone? Is there anyone else about? Your every ex- instinct screams that your stophia assailant possesses deadly intent. Okay. Okay, so I could use telekinesis or unarmed combat at 60 plus. I can attempt to sp- twist away from the sword point or just remain still. I think if I remain still, I'm going to get stabbed. And it's going to hurt a lot, because being stabbed is not good for you. It's not good for you at all to be stabbed. So if if you're going into a situation where you're going to be stabbed, try to avoid it. So, uh, unarmed combat. Alright, just going to update the wiki first. I'm going to go for unarmed combat. Successfully used. You nimbly twist to your left, simultaneously driving your right hand. 16 XP to unarmed combat. Simultaneously driving your right hand into the flat of the blade, twisted to your side. The sword, torn from the hand of its reptilian wielder, stops... Drops to the ground as you turn to find, find yourself face to face with the startled Tazala Sainment. Huh. Well, you even sneaked up on me and you're still lost. You still have the disadvantage. It's a Tazal disarmed. Begin combat. Can kill or subdue. Alright. 24 damage is. Alright, just calculating calculating the SP twenty four is thirty two and then thirty five is twenty seven. Okay, keep going. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be seventy five again. Alright, just gonna keep stabbing and stabbing away. Oh, Another 20, which is stored for later, and it is slain. 5 XP. And you step back from the remains of the Tazal, and immediately turn your gaze towards the ruined tower. There is no longer any sign of the reptilian sentry outside the ruins structure's lone entrance. Without hesitation, you swiftly and stealthily make your way up to the arched doorway. Peering around the edge of the arched doorway, you survey the interior of the ruined tower. While the ancient structure maintains most of its original imposing height, only the first floor remains intact. A tall heap of stone debris chokes the centre of the roughly circular chamber, the bulk of which is undoubtedly comprised of what had been the tower's upper floors. You are leave to discover there are no Tazars to be seen anywhere within the crumbling ruin, but relief twi- quickly turns to horror when your eyes come to rest upon a gruesome sight. 
strewn across the cracked stone floor, partially concealed by a torn pile of debris. Are the corpses of three humans, two men and a woman. Looks like I'm too late to help them. You immediately realise you discovered the bodies and determined the sad fate of the three missing adventurers. After pausing to offer silent prayer on behalf of the slain trio, you respectfully arrange their remains. As you fold the dead woman's arms across her chest, you suddenly recall both both Marple and Woodbadden telling you that she carried with her a small black pouch filled with blue powder. Marple asks that you did not return with the pouch, but the logmaster seems eager to have it back. So, do I search for the pouch or not? Hmm. The thing is, I, I, this is one another one of those situations where you have no idea what the results of it could possibly be because no one tries to tell you. I'm just, I'm, I'm picking between the mysterious goals of two people I don't particularly know. Alright, I'm pretty sure I've I've returned the pouch a lot of times we've talked before, so I'm going to not even search for it this time. You decide again searching the woman's body for the pouch, after taking a moment to offer a final silent prayer for the fallen adventurers. Those days came among the living came to a brutal end at the hands of the Tazar. You step out of the ruined tower and begin what promised to be a long difficult trek out of the treacherous mire. The going proves exceptionally difficult, but you press on through the thick of the mire, determined to find your way out of the swamp. After several long hours, some of which involves cursing, reversing course to avoid having to wade through to, to wade through made through water that is several times taller than me, you discover a well-worn trail that seems to lead in almost the exact direction you wish to head. With a renewed sense of hope, you set off along the path, feeling more confident with every step you're nearing the edge of the great bog. You've only been following the trail for a few minutes when you spot something in the thick of the bog to your right that immediately captures your attention. A jagged, mossy hillock rises out of the soft ground less than 20 yards from the edge of the trail. Set into the base of the stony pinnacle, it's a dark, gaping, vine-entangled mouth of a cave. A scattering of bones litters the ground in front of the cave's maw. Time to investigate the cave. You know, I can never turn down a good cave. You make your way up to the mouth of the cave, taking care to avoid the softer sections of ground, some of which might easily plunge you, might completely submerge you in muck. Alas, standing before the vine entangled moor of the swampy lair, you listen intently for as your eyes scour the darkness inside the cave. Nothing stirs in the deep gloom. Of course, with caves, that doesn't really mean anything. I can enter the cave, or just carry on 
enter the cave of course. With your light source flaring brightly, you cautiously make your way into the cave. You warily make your way through the damp, gloomy cave. Okay, a single, a massive web comprised of thick, glistening, silvery strands spans the entirety of the tunnel ahead, making it impossible to head further west. Examine the web. Thick, silvery strands of webbing that span the breadth of the passage, preventing any further movement west, twitch slightly as you draw near. You sense a strange web might actually be alive, but not for long. Fight through the web. As you, as you move to fight your way through the massive web, its silvery strands seem to take on a life of their own. Reaching out as if to ensnare you is a massive silvery web. Small arcs of energy leap out to you from the writhing web. Okay, keep going, keep going, step, 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 it is slain. 9 XP. Thick silvery strands of webbing now hanging in tatters. The stickery barrier no longer blocks the cave tunnel. Okay. Now, this, this, is, this, this cave is just one passage. It starts in the south, southeast corner and then just curves around to the northeast corner. But it's it's gradual. Going around the edge. It's another web. Fight through the web. As you move to fight your way through a massive web, its silvery strands seem to take on a life of their own. Reaching out of this to ensnare you is a massive silvery web. Small arcs of energy leap out at you from the writhing web. You are struck by a powerful energy attack for six damage. Keep going, step, 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 another energy attack, and then another, but it is slain. 9 XP. The thick, silvery strands of webbing now hang in tatters. The sticky barrier no longer blocks the cave tunnel. Alright, keep making my way, near the end now. It's another web, fight through the web, quick combat. 9 XP. Alright, no normal blocks the cave tunnel at the end of the cave. Well, I've got a suddenly, I'll just take this opportunity to heal first. A strange, gribbling sound reaches, echoes through the cave as a massive, black, many legged creature suddenly appears at the edge of your light. Swallowed in the gloom from which it is yet to fully emerge, the fearsome, unknown beast, its largely shapeless form, defying description surges forward and attacks in a maf maddening cacophony of eerie noises that sails your ears. So I can run or fight, obviously get a fight. You defiantly hold your ground and engage the deadly unknown denizen of the Squamp Cave. It's many like a beast. Although it's going to have less legs after I fought it. So it's going to have several legged beasts. The unknown beast savagely attacks you. I just keep fighting it regularly. Savage bite of your enemy tears into your flesh for 20 damage. Keep going, keep going for 18 and then 22 damage with the bites. And then 22 damage again. It's biting me a lot. It's probably because it's angry with all the stabbing I'm doing. Bite into your flesh for 23 damage and it is slain. 12 XP, 
256 experience to general. A piercing shriek erupts from the gaping jaws of the strange beast as the massive, many-legged creature slinks back into the gloom. With your ears winging, you step back and maintain a guarded posture. You have every sense alert in case the black terror should again emerge from the shadows. After several long moments, when it becomes plain there is no movement within the darkness, you edge forward, following the path of the creature's retreat, until you happen upon a strange, unexpected sight. A wide puzzle of black ooze, the edge of which mests a massive set of fanged jaws, appears to be all that's left of the strange, many-legged creature. You carefully skirt the narrow, slimy pool, and discover a small alcove filled with skeletal human remains. After making certain nothing else is lurking in nearby gloom, you carefully sift through the heaps of bone, horrified to think of the many hapless souls whose, dark, whose days among the living came to a gruesome end in this dark lair. A thorough look through the skeletal remains turns up mostly the decayed remnants of weapons, rusted pieces of metal armour and other such rubbish. You're about to abandon your search when you discover, quite by accident, an ornate metal box still clutched by fleshless fingers. You pry the small tarnished container away from its determined possessor, possessor and study it carefully, with a bit of fiddling. You manage to dislodge the lid and open the box, revealing its long-concealed contents. Three bronze wings. Without a second thought, you take possession of the wing. Unidentified bronze wing one. This is a plain bronze wing. Plain bronze wing. It's slightly angular in appearance. This is a plain bronze wing. The edge of the thick band bears three engraved circles. And wing number three. This is a plain bronze wing. The edge of this thin band has almost been hammered, has been hammered almost flat. After taking one last look around, you turn and prepare to make your way out of the cave, eager to resume your trek out of the swamp. Alright. You're standing in a large chamber wherein you encountered and defeated a massive, many-legged, unknown creature. The pollard of dark ooze into which the strange beast dissolved upon its death still pork covers a large portion of the floor here. An alcove on the far side of the chamber is filled with skeletal human remains and we've already looted those, so let's just get out of this cave. Alright. Thick silvery strands of webbing hang in tatters at the edge of this section of the tunnel. You warily make your way through the damp gloomy cave. But I think it's probably pretty safe because we've already gone through and it's not the kind of place where you can get sneak where they can hide in a corner because there's only one corner and I've already been there you're standing just inside the mouth of a cave to the south a broad tunnel slopes gently down into the damp gloom disappearing into the darkness of only a few yards leave the cave I'm going to heal a bit. You're standing at the edge of a deep, s steep, jagged hillock before the vine-entangled mouth of a cave. Foul smell wafts out of the cave's gaping shadowy moor. Move away from the cave. Eager to find your way out of the swamp, you 
prepare to set off on your way. Please note, you won't be able to continue. To, you won't be able to return to the cave after choosing to continue on your way. No, we are done with that cave. We fought the monster. We got the treasure. Return to no. Continue on your way. You head away from the cave, continuing along the trail as it winds its way through the tangled swamp. After perhaps a mile, the trail, the trail winds up to the foot of a wickety wooden bridge that spans a dark, sluggish tunnel, just over ten feet wide. The bridge, the entirety of its structure in a dismal state of disrepair, seems, seems ready to fall to pieces, despite your misgivings about its apparent lack of sturdiness and your chances of safely crossing it. You're, cer you're, fa you're certain that the trail you've been following is the quickest and most direct route out of the deep, and any other route will probably be even more dangerous. With that in mind, you contemplate your next course of action. You can use gating, cross the bridge, or attempt to jump over the channel and cross the bridge. Moving quickly, but taking care, with the placement of every step, Begin to make your way across the rickety bridge. Pick, pick a number. Bonus of 39. 20 from agility, 9 from body, 10 from luck. Got to get 75 or more. Pick now. 80. Success. You breathe a well-earned sigh of relief. <sighs> when you step off the bridge and into the trail at the other side of the channel, glancing back at the rickety span, you can't help but wonder how much longer it's likely to stand. After taking a few moments to get your bearings, you quickly check over your equipment before setting off along the trail, hoping you'll soon find your way to the edge of the perilous mire. The remainder of your trek out of the swamp passes swiftly and without incident. Just as dusk is beginning to blanket the vast wildness of East March, you emerge, emerge from the bog covered in muck and miserable within sight of the Copper Hill Lodge. The moment you enter the lodge, you are met by Rod Baden, who inexplicably seems to have anticipated the precise time of your return. You probably just heard the squelching. The somewhat surly lodge master ushers you into his private chamber, where he immediately, and quite politely, demands a full account of your excursion into Dragonmere Deep. You provide Rod Batten with a detailed account of your mission. The Lodge Master listens intently as you describe to him the series of events that culminated in your encounter with the Cezal and the subsequent discovery of the slain adventurers. He frowns when you first make mention of the reptilians. Disgusting beasts, aren't they? He says, grimacing. Like snakes they are far more cunning and vicious. I trust you cleaved a lot of them right and proper. Yes, yes I did. Well done. There's no room for their ilk in our realm. I'm sorry to hear about our missing three. Seems a rough end for anyone. As promised, what about him pays you for having discovered the fate of the missing adventurers? That's 500 gold tokens. As you expected he would, what about him then pointedly inquires about the iron wad and a pouch of blue powder, asking if you managed to find and recover either of the items. You hopefully would consider your response regarding the sapphire-tipped iron wad. Let's give him the wad. 
I could keep it, but it's no particular reason to. What about and snatches the wad from you and examines it closely. A smile spreads across the lodge master's face as he examines the sapphire-tipped length of iron from all angles. Nicely done, he says, looking up at you and nodding. I believe that's five hundred for you. He promptly remits to you all you the gold you are promised. Five hundred gold tokens. What about that pouch? asked Wad Baden, fixing with an unsettling stare. Did you happen to find it? I didn't find it. The crestfallen expression of Wad Baden's face betrays his disappointment. He mutters something and fixes you with what appears to be an accusatory glare. Are you sure you didn't find it? He asks, sir. Stepping closer to his wife, stepping closer as his writhing gaze intensifies. So I can repeat, no, I didn't find it, because I deliberately didn't look for it. Repeat that he didn't find it, or ask if he's accusing you of something. Is he accusing me of something? We're bad and Kurt spitted. His purse spits and steps menacingly towards you, as he pointedly asks if he's accusing you of being dishonest, then... In a blink of an eye, he breaks into an obnoxious fit of laughter that only concludes when he begins violently coughing. <coughs> That's the way, he said, <coughs> still coughing. Don't take that sort of sash from anyone, not even me. You're a treasure, that is what you are, Sir Crokington. Well, pardon thanks you for having undertaken the mission and tells you he's glad you returned safely. Now, if you would permit me... There are things I've got to get done, he says, meeting you with shoulder cross. You're one of the good ones, Sir Crokington. Don't them don't ever let them tell you otherwise. Almost immediately, upon follow, following Wadapanna's departure, you're approached by Marple. The one armed taskmaster tells you he's happy to see you safely back in the lodge. I won't ask any questions, he said. Well, it's not quite my place to do so. I will, however, say I'm pleased our lodge master did not get back the pouch. Very pleased. Here's a little something for your trouble. Marple presents you with a tidy sum of gold. So you get the same amount of gold whether you hand what about him the, the, the pouch or not. So... It's just a role play decision, and you have no idea what 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 either side really leads to. Marple thanks you for tackling the mission, and tells you he's certain that there are more such tasks for you quite soon. With that, you take your leave of the taskmaster. In the days that follow your mission to Dragomir Deep, in search of the three missing adventurers. You witness a pair of curious incidents while lingering about the Copper Hill Lodge. First, you spot a group of three white-bearded men, clad in yet and red robes, meeting with Lodge Master Wadabadam. The four enter into a heated debate, seemingly about dragons, and a ship named the Northerly Mark. You're only able to hear bits and pieces of Walker's discussion, which comes to an abrupt end when the four worlds man angrily storm out of the lodge. The second in- incident involves a somewhat ugly dispute between Wadbaden and Taskmaster Marple 
At one point during the argument, Marple curses the Lord's Master and tells him to watch his step. Seemingly amused by the one-armed man Boltless, what about him laughs off what he might easily have considered to be an insubordinate act and condescendingly pats the Taskmaster on the head. You continue to wonder what lasting significance these two incidents might have and whether or not either or both of them is in any way related to the most recent excursion in the mire. And that is the end of this adventure with 1,024 experience to general and 64 experience to all skills and powers. Okay, I've got a lot of stuff to identify first. Use Arcania, the Wing of Vigor, Goblin Tamer, Wing of Increased Reserve, Wing of Neville Might, Wing of Legendary Reserve. Alright, let's look at Goblin Tamer first. Goblin Tamer. Miller rating plus four, and a four extra versus Goblins. Your next hilt of this dagger bears several engravings, one of which resembles a goblin's head. You found this dagger in a cloth sack, formerly carried by a sword-wielding Tarzal. You killed in Dragonmere Deep. This weapon is of magical quality. Now let's look at all these wings we've got. Wing of Neverwalt. Wing of Vigor. That's four stamina points. This plain gold wing bears an enchantment. That will enhance the health and stamina of anyone who wears it. You discovered this wing in a cloth sack, formerly, formerly carried by a sword wielding Tazal, you killed in Dragon Mere Deep. Alright, Wing of Neville Might. There's two Neville Reserve. This plain blonde wing is slightly angular in appearance. Alright, Legendary Reserve. That's plus three. This, plain gong, this is a plain bong wind, slightly angular in appearance. And increased reserve, that's one Neville reserve. This is a plain bronze wing, slightly angular in appearance. And we get 80 experience to Arcania for identifying all of those. Alright, so next time. We'll be doing, I think, what I'm pretty sure is the last of the adventures that I'm actually going to do that are in the lodge called Waylayers. And that is that for now. But until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.